to the Uproom Frisco podcast. To learn more about your Frisco, please visit uproomfrisco.com. Amen. If you have your Bible, go to Colossians 1. If you're having a bad day, go to Colossians 1. <laughs> I'm serious. Wow. Let's read a little bit and we'll pray and, and hop in here. I'm happy to be here this morning. It's a fun day. Colossians 1, uh, I'll start in verse 9, read a few, uh, few of the verses in here, and then we'll pray and just jump into the river, stay in the river, I guess. Um, <laughs> and so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Mm. May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience, with joy, with joy, with joy, <laughs> giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness <laughs> and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Father, we uh, just present ourselves again to you as living sacrifices this morning in light of your word, of your glorious gospel. Come and turn our water into wine. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <laughs> so I was at the, um, my family's big state fair people. Any Texas state fair people here? I know we got mixed reviews. You say that and people are like, well, I went to the Texas state fair once and it was hot and crowded and I didn't have a good experience. We'll go again. Maybe you have another experience. So we're big state, state fair people. We went on opening night. I mean, it was, I've had some bad experiences at the, as, at the Texas State Fair. Last year being one of them, I went on the hottest day of the year. It's the most crowded day of the year. It was just miserable. But this year was incredible. The weather was perfect. The food was good. All the grease is fresh. <laughs> and, and we were there, and, I'm, and we were at kind of the opening ceremony vibe, and and it was the sun was setting and fireworks going off and there's thousands of people and it was all kinds of people. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, this is incredible. I'm like, why are all these people here? And I just kind of had this moment. I'm a, I'm a philosopher, deep thinker. And so I, you know, I have these existential moments at the Texas State Fair with my belly filled with fried food and such. And, and I realized, you know, food and music and beautiful things bring people together. 
good food, good music, good drink, and, and, and beautiful things. They, they have this attractional quality to bring people together. It's what, it's what we're wired for. And I think God's so clever in that he gave us natural um, senses like sight and taste and smell and ears. I think you call that listening, hearing. <laughs> touch. He gave us these things, I think, as a reflection of, uh, of, of our spirit. Like our spirit has eyes. Our, our heart has eyes. Amen? And, and I've been thinking about this, and I've been thinking about the gospel, and I'm like, you know what? The gospel of Jesus Christ is the greatest symphony anyone's ever heard. It's the most exquisite meal anyone's ever had. It's the most beautiful painting you've ever seen. There, there's, there's music in the gospel. There's a, there's a meal in it. And, and even, even out watching college football and sports, and how many of you like, you like sports? Why are you embarrassed? I like sports. I coach. Come on. <laughs> We pretend that we're not going to go home and watch the Cowboys. We are going to watch the Cowboys. We're going to cheer them on. There's hundreds of thousands of people that go to football games, and they, they are not taught or instructed to worship. Why? Because I believe that, that humans are hardwired to win. Did you know that? Did you know you have a wiring to win? Just examine, like, you don't like losing. No one does. In the history, like, we were made to win. This is why competition is so fun. It's why it's so uh, attractional. Like, we were made for competition, and we were made to win. And the gospel tells the greatest story of victory ever and grafts us into that story. Like, like winning feels good. I mean, you guys need to stay with me. There are certain things we've not permitted ourselves to do as Christians in the church. Like we think that we can't talk this way. Yet if the gospel doesn't bring us to a place of, of, of touching our hearts and our senses in this way, the world will still be a distraction. You'll still find the, the things in the world more pleasurable than the things of God. Are you with me? And so, and so there's a reason, like some of you, we come in a, in a room like this and you see some people and it looks like, it looks like they're really genuinely celebrating Jesus. <laughs> it looks like they're really just like going for it. And, and I don't know how you came in this morning because I, I want to tell you, I don't always come in just consciously aware of the victory of God. I've got a beautiful, amazing wife and five kids and, 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 challenges like everyone else no I'm not saying that was not interpreted she interpreted that one way she helps remind me of the victory of God praise the Lord let's oh, hold up wait a minute let's back up no listen listen you don't you're not always aware all the time, every moment of the victory. And so when you come in like this, in a morning like this, and you see people rejoicing and, and having victory, you can go, man, what is that? And I want to submit to you this morning that I believe God wants to give us 
There's a reason Paul prayed for the knowledge of his will, spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we can walk worthy. If you don't understand the, the rules of the game, I've got a buddy, he just came over here from South Africa and we were watching one of the most exciting college football games last week or it was a couple weeks ago. We're watching this game and he's a rugby guy and he's like, I don't get the rules. And so we're watching and I'm like, I'm riveted because I understand all of the rules and what's happening, and he's sitting there completely uninterested in the game because he doesn't understand the rules. You've got to see this. If you don't have spiritual wisdom and understanding, your heart won't be engaged in the game of life. See, the more spiritual wisdom and understanding and the knowledge of his will that you have, the more capable you are of eating the meal of the gospel, drinking the wine of the gospel, enjoying the victory of the gospel, hearing the music of the gospel, and living in this constant jaw-dropping, oh my goodness of Jesus, seeing his majesty moment. But the less you understand about the gospel, the less understanding and wisdom and knowledge you have of his will, it's like my South African buddy who's watching the game that's a masterpiece, and he's going, I don't get it. And so when the touchdown happens, he's like, is that good? <laughs> yeah, that's good. You see the shouting and people standing up? That's a good sign. Did you see how I just yelled in your ear? That's good. <laughs> and, so, and so we need this as, as a body. We need, we need ears to hear, eyes to see, palate to taste the goodness of God. This is how you grow up into salvation. He says, you, you taste and see that the Lord is good if indeed you grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So we've been talking about, there's been this theme this morning about, about the blood. Uh, it was in pre-service prayer. We were singing it. We were, we were talking about it. We took communion. We drank it. Um, the blood of Jesus is central to the Christian faith. And the Bible tells us that the blood of Jesus speaks. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus speaks, the sprinkled blood on the mercy seat. I'm going to give you understanding right now. Jesus, when he died, he ascended into heaven with his own blood. And he sprinkled it on the mercy seat in heaven, the true tabernacle. Okay, Moses created a copy and a shadow in the Old Testament of the heavenly one. This is why God said, hey, uh, Mo, when I, when, you make this, when I show you this pattern on the mountain, make sure you do it exactly because this pattern is really important. These blueprints are important. Don't deviate from it because it's actually a copy of the, of the heavenly one. And, and the heavenly one's actually just Christ. It's him. He is the tabernacle. The substance belongs to Christ. That's what it says in Colossians. And so, and so um, the blood is a really central aspect to the tabernacle and to, and to our faith and to our enjoyment of the Christian faith. And I believe when you uh, and we as a people begin to hear and understand what the blood has said, is saying, and will say to us, there's going to be, you're going to notice a bubbling up of joy in your heart. And I want to keep connecting the dots here because I want, you, I want to give you permission this morning to let the Spirit of God author joy in your heart. Sometimes we need permission. I've found in our modern Christian culture that it's okay to have joy in your heart. Listen, 
I, I'm gonna, that's why I'm going to keep going back to these examples, and, and, and I, wanna sh I want you to see the discrepancy here. My uh, seven-year-old son, Sam, is learning to play soccer. This is his second season. Yesterday, I was a soccer player in my day, loved it, still love it. My son, Sam, scored four goals, and his team won four to zero. Yeah. Joy. He scored goals, and I'm like, yeah, because winning, winning, you're like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Jesus won. Christianity is about winning. Y'all are uncomfortable with this. I don't think you understand. I'm not talking about, he, he, he has won victory over sin and death and the devil and the grave. He has brought eternal life to light through the gospel. There is not one challenge, not one thing you will face from now until forever that he has not overcome. And what is the victory that overcomes the world? Our faith. It's our collective response authored by Christ in, in response to what he's done. Winning. Jesus wins. He's a winner. He conquered. And he brings us into that victory. And that was intended to make you and I go, ooh, that feels nice. I like being a Christian. Do you know we need more Christians who like being Christians? It's the greatest evangelism tool. A company of people who actually like being children of God. If we're walking around miserable and this is so hard and oh, we're trying to do all these things without God, without his pleasure, look at this language. He says, you're going to get this wisdom and understanding to walk in a manner worthy, worthy of him. What does that mean, worthy of him? It means that your life looks like him. It's commensurate with him. And you know what the Bible says? It says that that's fully pleasing to him. Can you imagine God fully, the fullness of his pleasure just directed towards you? Like my heart towards Sam for kicking a ball in a net. And, I, and, I'm like, and I'm like, yeah! And God looks at our lives, and his desire is to go, man, look at your life worthy of my son. Look at, look at how you're walking in humility. Look at how you're enduring this trial with patience. Look at how you're facing this challenge in your work with such grace and humility. Look at how you're handling this testing season with worship and praise. Look at, and he's like, yeah! Yeah, he's pleased, the pleasure of the Father. We need it, guys. We need the pleasure of the Father over our lives. So the blood, the Bible says that Jesus ascended into heaven, put his blood on the mercy seat. He sprinkled it. And in Hebrews 12, it says this. It says, we have come to that sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Now that's super deep and whatever. The blood of Abel is this. It's the, it's, it's, the, it's the voice of the day that cries out for justice based on human understanding. The blood of Abel says, Cain killed me. Hey, God, justice. Cain killed me. The, his blood cried out from the ground. Abel was innocent. There was nothing wrong with him. And so he cried out for justice. But Jesus' blood cries out forgiveness. 
See, because Jesus was innocent. And so his blood now cries out, and it cries out mercy. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to, I want to take us, I want us to hear, I want us to hear and respond to the voice of the blood. Because the blood, biblically, it speaks a lot of things to us. It, it speaks to us. And I'm going to show us that in the Bible, but I'm going to have justice. If you can come up, um, yeah, come on up. And he's going he's gonna to play. And I don't know if you have a journal, if you've got, we're going to like activate here. You guys, I'm not going to, I'm not going to entertain. We're together going to encounter the blood. Amen? Amen. All right. So if you have a journal, your notes, we're going to kind of do an activation. We're going to position ourselves to hear. We're going to see biblically what the blood is speaking to us. And then we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to, to interpret the voice of the blood to our hearts in a way that's very meaningful. This cannot stay up in our heads. Are you with me? The Father, the Father longs to speak to us. I was at, I was, I'm going to say this one last story, and you can, you can, whenever you're ready. Um, I took my youngest, Eleanor, and my second youngest, JJ, to breakfast on Friday morning. I think Friday morning, right? And uh, I try to do, like, dad dates with my kids every so often, not as often as I'd like. But I like to just go and be present with them and eat meals and what have, what have you. So I took them to get pancakes, chocolate, chocolate chip pancakes, big ones, huge ones. Each got them their own. And this man came up to me at the end of our breakfast, and he said, Hey, I wrote a book called Are You Raising Champions? or monsters, or are you raising monsters or champions? And it was a little weird, and I was like, whoa. And he was like, I worked in the juvenile justice department for 40 years, and he said, I've studied, like, the, the ecosystem of parenting and families and kids and why some kids turn out to be serial killers and other kids turn out to be champions. And I asked him this question. I said, well, what have you... I said, what's the, what's the common denominator in families that raise champions. And he looked at me and he said, you? He said, it's a present father in the home. And I want to say the same. I believe right now in the body of Christ, we have a lot of Christians, born-again believers, who are, who are being raised without the presence and the voice of their heavenly father. And so there's an orphan spirit prevailing. I shared on that months ago. And you see all these symptoms of like missing the presence and the pleasure of your heavenly father. And, and you know, we talk about water being turned to wine. We're like, wow, Jesus turned water into wine. But you know what I think is even more amazing is he turns blood into wine. What do you mean, Peter? When Jesus died on the cross and he shed his blood, it's a, it's a horrific sight. Like it's not, it's not something as benign and as ordinary as water. When we talk about the blood of Jesus speaking, we, I think sometimes we casually mention blood. We're like, oh yeah, the blood, the blood, the blood. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. How do we go from, and, and I want to give you language to, if you're frustrated with this language, I want to give you some permission to be like, yeah, wait a minute. 
to, to convert the blood coming out of a man on a cross into joy requires the Holy Spirit and the voice of your Father. Can we just acknowledge that? I don't instantly, like if you don't instantly get joyful when you, when you think of a, of a mutilated bloody man on a cross and you're like, yeah, that's okay. It, it actually takes time to understand why that's a yeah moment. Does that make sense? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to some things to hopefully give you understanding and then as you get understanding, if your heart begins to go, let it do that. Because that's how you drink. That's how you, that's how you experience him. All right, look at this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention a few things that the blood of Jesus says to us, and then I want us to engage with it. Number one, Hebrews 9, 22. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins some of you this morning needs you need to hear the blood of Jesus say to you I forgive you forgiveness is a transactional thing between you and God that fuels intimacy he says I forgive you we know he's once and all forgiven us but some of you this morning with stuff that's in your life, you need to hear the voice of his blood speak to you and say, I forgive you. When he forgives you, he's, he's removing that from your consciousness. It's already been removed from his mind, but he's removing it from your consciousness. He's removing it from the, from the background of your soul operating, stealing your joy. And so, so for just a, just a minute or two, as justice begins to play, what the blood is saying, I want you to maybe even write out, Lord, I need you to forgive me for this. I don't know that I've ever let you forgive me for this. And then just interact with him in that place. Hear the Father say, I forgive you.
Now let's respond to his voice just in your own words, in your own way. You can write it out. You can pray it out. But I would just, for me, I would pray something like this. Father, thank you. Thank you for forgiveness. God, it feels good to be forgiven. Feel your peace filling my heart. Thank you for cleaning my guilty conscience. Just take a minute and respond to it with your own way, your own words. Continue, just stay where you need to be. First John 1, 7 says this, But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. blood speaks to you this morning and doesn't just say I forgive you the blood speaks and says I cleanse you of all your sin it's one thing to be forgiven it's another thing to be cleansed and I believe the blood of Jesus right now wants to cleanse your heart wants to cleanse your mind wants to cleanse your thoughts wants to cleanse you of discouragement wants to cleanse you it's sufficient. The blood is sufficient to cleanse you, to cleanse you of all sin. And so just let the blood of Jesus, let your Father begin to apply the blood to the areas of your life that need cleansing. Just be real. Just be real with Him in this place. There's no posturing. There's no pretending. We have a Heavenly Father who just wants to father us this morning. the cleansing power of the blood you cannot clean yourself says the blood stop trying to clean yourself This is the music of the gospel. This truth, this revelation, the cleansing flow, it's the music of the gospel. Let it, let it penetrate 
your soul. Let it penetrate your mind. Let it, let it topple down those barriers and those towers in your mind that go, no, surely that can't be cleansed. Oh, but it can. <laughs> every lustful thought can be cleansed right now. Every selfish thought, every self-consciousness, every bit of pride, every bit of fear and worry, it's all from sin. Oh, let it be cleansed. Just let it cleanse you. Just let the blood cleanse you. The blood is speaking emphatically, certainly, from the throne room of God. I will cleanse you. Oh, he covenanted to cleanse you. He said, I will cleanse you. <laughs> I will cleanse you. He doesn't have to choose this morning whether he wants to or not. He says, I will. The blood speaks, I will. says if you're clean what else is there to do <laughs> if you're clean what else is there to do but to enjoy me you illuminate your countenance to us this morning Lord I remember cleaning my car this week vacuuming it out and running it through the car wash and I left with a smile on my face because my car was clean how much more the father of lights beholding the souls of men washed in the precious blood of your son the great delight the full pleasure of you father Holy Spirit, reveal your countenance. Oh, let your countenance, the warmth of your face, shine upon us this morning. It's okay to smile back at Him. It's okay to look at Him full in His wonderful face. spirit right now saying he's cleansing you of accusations over your marriage over your own life over your business that area you've been most accused in where just you hear the voice of the enemy going you're you're failing <laughs> you're losing the blood is cleansing you of all accusation right now so that the only voice you can hear is the voice of your father the only outlook, his countenance.
Come on, keep your ear tuned to the voice of the blood this morning, just for a few more minutes. You can listen to some preacher, but how much more to listen to the voice of your Father speak to you by the blood of His Son. He's speaking, saying, I will cleanse you. Let Him wash you with the voice, the sound of many waters. <laughs> His voice is the sound of many waters. Christ Jesus, you who were once, who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Holy Spirit, would you reveal to our hearts this morning by the blood of your son who we have been brought near to your nearness is our good I take authority over every thought and emotion in this place that says I feel far from God and I declare to you what the blood is saying that the blood of Jesus Christ has brought you near to God the blood is your nearness to God and Lord we repent this morning we repent of making our feelings Lord of our lives and we look to your precious blood that speaks to us a better word it speaks a better word than our heart that says well I feel far I don't feel connected to God I don't feel like I'm as close to God as other people Lord we repent of making our feelings Lord of our lives and we tune our ear to what your blood is saying your blood speaks to us this morning father I have brought you near to me I've brought you all near to me just take a few minutes and to allow the nearness of God to become a reality to you for our God is a consuming fire you may begin to feel warmth you will certainly feel peace. You will certainly feel gladness of heart. These are signs of nearness to God. You will certainly begin to experience hope bubbling up inside of you for that thing that has been weighing you down. You will certainly begin to feel more alive than you've ever felt before because He is your life. Your nearness is our good, Lord. We are no longer far from you, Lord, but we are near by your blood. And I encourage some of you, you, you may need to speak, some of you. You may be believing this in your heart, but you may need to pray this out. 
made your feelings the Lord of your life, just humbly just repent to him and go, whoa, Lord, I don't want that. Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. is our good your nearness is our good I just feel the father he, he's wanting to be near to that thing that you feel overwhelmed in like let him let him be near to your bank account let him be near to that situation with your family. Let him be near to that diagnosis, to that relationship you've not been able to, to figure out. Just let him be near. He doesn't always just give you answers, but his nearness is good. So the blood brings you close when you're trying to hide from him. You're trying to do it in your own strength. draw near to you this morning father we know that you're drawing near to us come on I really feel there's breakthrough here for many of you those walls these walls are coming down in your lives that you've built to keep God at bay and it's not that you want him at bay you just didn't know he wanted to be that near to you in those areas of your life there's absolutely no reason you should leave today without feeling wildly optimistic and joyful and filled with hope about every area of your life because of the nearness of God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, you're a God who makes covenant and you're faithful to your covenant throughout all generations, Lord. Let him be near to your past, to your present, to your future. I know who holds my future. I know who holds my future. I know who holds the days yet to come. I know who holds my tomorrow. Come on, begin to confess some of these things. It's called the good confession of hope. Come on, you, you have to engage with him. You have to speak back to him. When the blood speaks to you, it's not a one-way conversation. You speak back. You either, you speak back with a smile and you go, wow, thanks, Dad. Or you, you say something. Come on. We're not, we're not sleeping in the presence. We're engaging our hearts with the living God. It's a, it's, an, it's a dialogue with Him. It's an exchange. Come on, give yourself over to Him. I know this is unusual. You're used to just hearing a preacher preach, but we're here to, to, to know our Father. To, to, to know his will, to know what he wants to say to us.
Come on, just give yourself to, to communing with him this morning. You can stand if you need to. You can, you can kneel if you need to. But we're going to continue. Lord, your nearness is our good. Father, just when I think being forgiven of my sins and being cleansed and being near is like it's the greatest song I've ever heard. It's the best meal I've ever had. I'm like, Lord, it doesn't get better. And you're like, it, it gets better. Jesus, you said, you said my flesh is true food my blood is true drink. And you said, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. And so Lord, in this place of having been forgiven, <laughs> of having been cleansed, of being just so near to you, Lord, we we get another plate from the buffet of heaven because you got to get a clean plate. <laughs> and we make room in a fresh cup of the life of your son. Lord, we, don't, we, <laughs> we acknowledge you don't just take away our sin. You actually give us a cup to drink from. And you, and you deposit the very life of your son, the beauty of his character, the beauty of his personhood, the beauty of his spirit, the beauty of his mind, the beauty of his emotions, the beauty of his soul, the beauty, the purity of his soul. We receive, we receive, we drink. Yes, we drink of the life of Jesus. Come on, just take a big drink, a big drink. Stop trying to fix yourself and just receive the very life.
God, the simplicity. The simplicity with which you've called us to live, we confess is so wildly offensive to our flesh. You've done it all. Lord, I confess sometimes I stumble over the reality that you would entrust me with the beauty that you would entrust me with that life that is found in your son. Lord, sometimes I think that I have to earn my way to that place of being able to manifest and express the life of Jesus through years of arduous labor. But Lord, when I remember the cross and I remember the words of your son, I remember you, Jesus, you said that this, this cup is... There's life in it. My life is in this blood. The life of a thing is in its blood. And so I, what I hear your blood saying, I want to give you the life of Jesus. I want to give you his mind. I want to give you the very thing that made him tick, that animated his soul, that moved him with compassion for the multitudes, that made him humble, the very lifeblood of Yeshua you're willing to give to us in this cup of the covenant. And all we have to do is just, is just drink it. So Lord, we just take these last few minutes and we just, we not only thank you and are so grateful for the cleansing flow of your blood but we eagerly drink and look for the beauty of your character and your nature being deposited in us this morning by simply receiving Jesus you are the most joyful man that ever walked the face of the planet you were the most joyful man it was for the joy set before you that you endured that cross. If, you, if we've been united with you in a death like yours, we shall certainly also be united with you in a resurrection like yours. Yeah. And so, Father, as we close this morning, I pray. <laughs> that you would let us see the twinkle in your eye when you came exploding out of that grave. The victory and the joy when you rose the firstborn from the dead, bringing many sons to glory. <laughs> There's no one like you, Jesus. Can we finish with this and just sing a song of praise and worship from our hearts to him?